This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with two of my fabulous team members, Derek Konofowski, Data and Technology Analyst, and Jennifer Harrison, Digital Media and Marketing Officer. You two are my real go-tos, and a lot of the inspiration for why we started this podcast in the first place, because you've been with me along the way, developing so many of our programs, and as you know, we get a lot of questions from people about our team and the work that we're doing, but we also get questions about this podcast in particular and why we decided to start a podcast, how we make a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be really cool. Again, I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I thought it's been a while. We probably could touch base again with our listeners and just talk about why we're doing this. And I think one of the reasons for me was that we were getting a lot of questions from other cities about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. And for us, it wasn't, you know, as easy for us to go to a bunch of conferences and speak, but thinking about how do we share the information that we're doing. I know we created a digital roadmap and then a second version of it. And instead of a digital roadmap, I kind of think as of the podcast as an ongoing digital roadmap, a roadmap for other cities about how they can think differently and evolve when it comes to communications and marketing. So um, this is why I wanted to bring everyone together. And I know you guys are out and about in different circles, even than I am. And you hear a lot from people that we work with about the podcast. So yeah, definitely. And I, I like to hear like when we go to conferences or when we do occasionally go to summits and things like that, that people listen to the podcast, because I agree with what you just said. I think that something that's repeatable for one, you know, if, if, if we were to go and speak at conferences or be on panels or whatever, like it's great people get information, but I feel like the amount of info that they probably retain when they're at like an all day thing or like a five day or two day, three day conference or whatever probably pales in comparison to what they can pick up if they can listen to a podcast, especially when they're like driving or something or, or doing something else where it's basically just soaking in the info, but then they can also like repeat it. You can go back and listen to it multiple times, or if you need clarification on something, you can recheck out the episode and you can't really do that with like panel discussions or things. I mean, I know some conferences record that stuff, but it's just, I think there's a more direct feed when it comes to podcasts. And you can share it with leadership, right? Dana, I know you've yes. always talked about that with this podcast, specifically some of the topics that we, we talk about that are, might be a little bit harder for um, your leadership teams to accept, but really important for them to hear about and know about as you try and make that digital transformation transition. Um, so this, I mean, podcasting and building for voice is really part of the future of marketing. And it's something that if you're not already doing, you need to start thinking about how you can incorporate that into your marketing mix now. I mean, we started this podcast, oh my gosh, when did we start it? Two years two ago. Two and a two half years, years ago. Yeah. And this is episode 63, believe it or not. Oh my gosh, so. this is crazy. Um, and, you know, it was still new at that point, And we didn't really necessarily know what we were doing when we got into this. But we knew that it was a, a source of a way for us to share our knowledge and what we're going through as we're creating this digital content for our community um, and sharing that with others across the country and actually the world. I know we have some international listeners as well, which is super cool to, to when you think about it. And... So building for voice is something that has definitely been on on my um, roadmap as we look to the future. Derek has helped me 
actually because of this podcast, we're able to do the Amazon Alexa mm-hmm. news briefs, yep. which is a, just another way to build for voice. And honestly, Derek, I think part of that is just through the tool that we're using, right? Pippa? Yep. Yep. Pippa.io. Um, I'm a big fan. We kind of discovered it almost accidentally because we were looking uh you know, we were looking for a very specific thing, which was we were trying to be more accessible with our podcasts and with various things that we were doing. And just, you know, we always talk about meeting people where they are. And so we were trying to meet people who, as Dana puts it, were maybe watching some videos in a meeting or trying to look at stuff on a meeting where they don't have audio or maybe there's hearing impaired listeners. So we were specifically looking for something that could do like the transcriptions of some of the audio. And uh, I, I don't even remember how how I found Pippa or if somebody suggested it to me, but I kind of like stumbled on it because they had a feature that they had just rolled out. That was like an audio clipper where you could select part of a podcast or part of a thing and it would translate the audio and transcribe it. And then you just kind of go in there and fix some of the little things. And then as I started digging into it, it was like, Oh wow. Like this is a great platform for both podcasting, but they have all kinds of other stuff that they can do. And, you know, we had talked for a, at that point a while about doing some kind of Alexa skill so that people could get their news and things like that. Um, and it just, it kind of like all worked together to a central point. We could put all that stuff on there, use the transcriber and then also publish our Alexa skill. So I think it worked out great. Yeah. It's actually easier than I think people think it is. Yeah. It's, it sounds intimidating, but honestly, once you get the basic setup, it's really a lot easier to get started with podcasting and even the Alexa skill. Um, I know, Derek, you've gotten some questions from you know peers across the country about how we've set up our podcast and how we've mm-hmm. gotten started, which tools and equipment we use. And I think that's really valuable information. Can you share like a little bit about like beyond Pippa? Like, is there anything that yeah, I mean, well, well, first of all, because I know that we've said this about video a few times, I think people, um, you, you know, for, for one, when we first started this podcast, I think it, it's not necessarily that like podcasts were at a, at a lull, but I think, you know, podcasts really, when they first started with iPods and everything, had a, a big, big audience. I mean, they were a big thing. And then as more video centered content started, came out, there was kind of like a dip. You kind of lost a bunch of people on podcasts. And now they're like, gaining popularity again. And I think one of the reasons why they're gaining popularity is because it's so easy now to create content for both podcasts and videos. And Dana says this all the time, like take your iPhone and you know, you can record something or whatever. Podcasts are the same way. Like we, we now have kind of developed our equipment and stuff like that. But when we first started, it was just whatever microphones we could find. At one point, I think we even considered just using our iPhones to record everything. Um, so honestly, if anybody wants to do a podcast or thinks that, that a podcast is a way for them to get into voice, you don't need the equipment. It's, it's great if you can get it, but don't make that the reason why you don't get into it. It's all about the content and what you have to say and make sure that your message is important because it doesn't matter how technically good you are. If what you're saying isn't interesting, if people can't learn from it, nobody's going to listen to it anyway. Um, but that being said, uh, if you're going to spend the money on equipment, um, I think it's pretty easy. There's a lot of recommendations that you can find online. Um, my single biggest recommendation, I think, for people getting into this is just make sure that you have separate microphones for each guest and spend, if you, if you can spend the money, spend the money on a good 
interface for the computer that you're actually going to use to record. A lot of podcasters, um, what they tend to do is they get microphones or whatever, and then they plug them all into a mixer, and then they just record from the mixer. And that's great in a lot of cases, but um, you won't be able to edit after the fact or change stuff after the fact because all you have is the recording of everybody together. With the audio interface that I have, which we use a, a Focusrite audio interface, and it's because I can have four separate microphones, and then if I need to edit stuff out, I can edit it out individually per person. So I think that's probably the extent of what I would say for like a technical recommendation. But it's really just an interface that plugs into the computer. You plug a couple microphones into it, and then all the like tools and everything, you can get them all free online. I started off using uh, Audacity is the name of the program for actually doing the editing. Now I use the Adobe tools, um, Adobe Audition, because we have Adobe Creative Suite, but you don't need that. If you just want to get it started, Audacity is totally 100% free, works great, has all the like noise filters and things that you could possibly need to get started. And like I said, just make sure your content is there. And if it's there, it doesn't really matter what you record on. You know, make it sound as good as you can, but that's all you need. Yeah, Jen, you mentioned earlier about getting the buy-in from the top down, and I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give with the podcast and this kind of library of information that we've collected over the last two and a half years and shared with people. And even now I get a lot of calls, emails, questions from other people in other cities, and they say, oh, my manager, my mayor, don't get it. And I always say, share the podcast with them, you know, mm-hmm. go through, look at the name of the episode titles, pick out a few you might like and, and share it with them. I mean, that's why we started this. And I think you're right. It goes back to the content being the most important piece of it. And, and thanks to Pippa, you can share it directly from our website, gilbertaz.gov slash digital. Thanks, Pippa. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Pippa. Gosh, we should be getting Pippa to partner with us, I'm thinking. If they're listening, call me, Pippa. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're you're spot on. And, you know, I was looking at some of the Nielsen stats because I was just curious because you're right. It, I think it did take a lull with the popularity of video for a while, but it's back big time. In fact, there's 700,000 shows produced um, weekly, 29 million podcast episodes in more than 100 languages. 51% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast. I thought this was kind of interesting. 49% of listening is done at home and only 22% in the car. Um, I think I expect that number to maybe go up, but I have a short commute, so that makes sense. And we were, I was talking to both of you and Derek, you were saying, why don't I listen to podcasts when I mow the lawn? I listen to music. And Jen, you were saying, I listen at home when I'm like getting ready and every morning, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's, it's interesting to me how whenever we have a free moment or what we think is it's not even really a free moment. It's like the, back to that multitasking piece of like, how mm-hmm. can I be making the most of my time, right? And I always think about being a continuous learner and I don't often have the time that I'd like to sit down and read a book anymore. And I think the way the world works, we all feel that way. And so what's the best way that we can get information and it's you know to be able to take content in short spurts, kind of like how we do with video now. You know, I say my videos shorter and shorter and shorter as time goes on. You know, now people are like, don't even want to hold their attention for a minute and a minute and a half. Yeah, so, as the attention spans get smaller and smaller, the videos do too. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with podcasts. Like I'm not going to have time necessarily to listen to even a 30 minute episode of something. I try to keep these around 20, maybe shorter, depending on how much we have to talk about. But, you know, some of the best podcasts out there, I think are just the short 
short, quick, sweet. Like I know with Alexa, I ask every morning, like NPR, tell me the NPR news headlines and it's, you know, five minutes or less. And I have pretty much everything I need to know to start the day. So I think you're spot on with that. And it's interesting to me though, that it says that podcast listeners are also likely to be more active on social media, Mm -hmm. at least one channel, if not more. And I think we talk about connecting the dots here um, in Gilbert. This is really interesting um, that we understand how we're engaging online with our residents and understanding that we're reaching a huge portion of our population online, those people are also more likely to be podcast listeners, right? So thinking about where you're putting your content and how you're engaging with people on all platforms and it all connects together. And so the same people that listen to our podcast, we want them to be following us on our channels as well because the content's going to look a little differently on Instagram stories and Facebook than it is here. However, we, we understand the importance and the ability of going where our residents are, meeting them where they are, making content that's easy to digest, whether it's a podcast, video, you know, imagery, whatever that might look like. And that's how you drive engagement, no matter where you are. And this is so key, talking about, you know, digital transformation and, and bridging that digital divide, whatever that looks like. And we recently got a stat and we're actually going to do a podcast next time focusing on um, our online efforts a little more, but 97.5% of Gilbert households have a computer, 97.5%. And, you know, I, I still would get questions when I started here seven years ago about, well, are you sure that these efforts are worthwhile? Are you sure you're not missing a huge portion of your your resident base. And, and I'm, I am now certain because thanks to the U.S. Commerce Department, I am certain that we are not. However, this is just another great, powerful tool to be sharing our message way beyond Gilbert, like you said, internationally. And, you know, obviously for our Gilbert residents, they're always first in mind. But thinking about how what we do here can be a model for other people around the world is is really powerful. And it's uh, honestly, it's because of this podcast, I think that the word's really getting out there. It's funny to me that that even is like a criticism that you've received in the past about like digital communications or even like a podcast or something, because if anything, that number is constantly growing. You know, there's probably tons of municipalities that aren't at that high of a saturation rate when it comes to computers or internet enabled devices. But like, so what is the answer then on the opposite end is to keep, you know, doubling down on paper, which is shrinking, you know, every single day. Like how often do people check? I mean, we talk about it all the time. When, how often do people check their mail? How often do people like physically hold things anymore? Like it's only getting more and more and more digital. So why wouldn't you, even if you, even if you didn't have that full reach, why wouldn't you still invest the time? It's just going to grow. And again, you know, podcasts, digital media, video, it's all stuff that people can see after the fact. So even if they didn't see it when it was happening, they can still see it and it can still be relevant afterwards. That's that's such a weird criticism. Yeah, Dana, I want to go back to that stat about the 700,000 podcast shows. Yes. That's a huge number yep. out there. And something that's always been on my mind since we launched this podcast is how to market Right. a podcast because mm-hmm. that's that's a challenge. I think everybody anybody who has a podcast show is trying to figure out how to market their podcast. And for me and what I think I've I've learned over the last 2 2 and a half years is that really the way that I learn about podcasts personally is through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And so then it goes back to 
making sure that whatever your podcast is about, whatever the topics you discuss on your podcast episodes, making it valuable to your listeners, no matter who they are, where they are. Um, Because if they find that episode or your podcast valuable, they're going to tell people about it. Okay, that leads me to another stat that I hadn't shared yet. Oh. But 80% of people who listen to a podcast show will listen to every episode. Okay, think about that. At 80% of people who listen to a show and subscribe will listen to every episode, right? Wow. So it's about that fan base. Thanks, like, yeah. So if you know you like the host or you like that show, you're likely 80% listen. And they, they also listen to an average of seven shows per week. So seven different podcasts, right? So think about, I think, I didn't know, until I read this stat, I was like, wow, it's replacing television. Like, yeah. remember what used to be you watched seven, about maybe seven <laughs> TV shows per week? I literally right? was going to say that exact thing because we, you know, we have conversations all the time about like what TV shows are on and every, every single time. And, and just like a combination of what you two just said, when somebody recommends like a TV show to me, I think about the value that I get from that TV show. I think about like, if I start watching this, am I going to get something out of it? Because I just feel like, I already don't have enough time to watch TV. So like I'm very selective about the stuff I watch, but with podcasts, that's exactly how I pick what I listen to. And yes, there are probably seven or eight podcasts that I listen to specifically because I'm looking at what value I get out of them. And honestly, most of them, it's really easy for them to either convince me or like, you know, um, make it valuable for me because all I need to get out of that episode is like one thing that I remember that sticks with me and boom, I, I totally think that that's valuable or that I, I got some insight from it. So honestly, I, although I was surprised that the number is that high, that kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense to me and it falls in line with exactly how I listen to my podcast. Yeah, so. well, and it really, I think, validates what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Like th- that that was the funny thing when I read that. I thought, oh my gosh. And and it was like, oh, I like I get it. And, and, and this is where we talk about government evolving and, and us, you know, not just doing a podcast for the sake of doing a podcast or because someone asked, you know, your mayor or your city manager asked you to do it, but really thinking about the value. And I, I know that for us, like you said, when we started, it, it probably wasn't that podcasting was as popular, but this was a great reminder to me along with the fact that 97.5% of Gilbert households have a computer, that we're going in the right direction. And mm-hmm. I think that's also really important is, you know, government oftentimes is slow to change, slow to move, slow to evolve, slow to innovate. And if you really pay attention to these trends and what's happening in the rest of the world and stay connected to those, that is the way that government will be able to evolve into the future. And, you know, it's it's... It's not that difficult, actually, when you really think about it. And I know we've talked about this forever. You know, what's the flavor of the week when it comes to social media and having to be able to adopt it and switch course and drop other things because maybe they're not working anymore. And I know that's also difficult, but I started thinking like, wow, you know, this is this is a really amazing, powerful way to be connecting with people in the way that people want to receive information. You know? It's kind of funny to me. I'm, I'm like silently laughing to myself because I, I, we probably should have looked this up before we started this whole podcast, but I wonder what the like percentage of people 
I guess like the data geek in me just is curious how government compares to other industries with regard to people that actually listen to podcasts, because I agree with you. I think in general, government is pretty slow to change. And I think that, you know, a lot of people that work in government probably do it because it's, it's a routine. It's something consistent that they can count on in a lot of cases. Um, but that also makes me wonder how many of those people actually listen to podcasts or how many of those people actually spend time on social media, how many of us, you know, are, are involved in those kinds of things and actively listen to them because I'm, I want to say that it's probably would be slower of an uptake than most other industries. We always talk about needing to be a user of whatever social media platform mm-hmm. or whatever marketing for me, I like to try and participate or explore on a personal side whatever we're we're trying to do here in Gilbert and so podcasting is no exception and for me it's it's fun to explore new podcasts because you know it might be something whether it's like this podcast that is just informational and keeping me up to date on trends that are that's going on in my industry or it could be something that's news-based that keeps me updated like an NPR type podcast that keeps me updated on world events and things that are happening across the world or it could be you know there are some really neat podcasts out there and brands doing cool things with um, GE has their storytellers podcast where they basically has nothing to do with GE. They just tell really cool stories that are engaging and and make you think differently and just, you know, make you feel good. Those kind of like heartwarming stories. And so there are endless possibilities when it comes to podcasts. And so don't feel like it has to be informational, but really look at what your community or what your business or your organization needs, what your listeners would want to hear and figure out how you can give that to them. I love it. I love it. This was awesome. Well, thank you both for joining me because I know I just had a call with the city of Las Vegas last week and we were talking about and they had a bunch of questions and at the end of it, I was like, listen to the podcast, you know, because again, I think it's just, it's a great opportunity to kind of share and and some of some of the tips and tricks and, and maybe secrets that aren't so secretive, but a lot of people, like you said, Derek, think it costs a lot of money and you have to have a lot of fancy equipment or a studio to be able to produce whatever it is, you know, video, podcast. And it's just not the, it's not the case, you know? Yeah, try something. If it doesn't work, stop. If it does, keep going. Yes. Best advice. Best advice. Just, just try something, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. And especially, you know, like you said, with, with cell phones and and smartphones being as, as capable as they are, why not? Yes. Why not? That's what we're always saying here. Well, thank you guys both for joining me. And thank you as always to our listeners for listening to this podcast. And, you know, as Jen mentioned, word of mouth, instead of promoting to Twitter this time, I'm going to ask that our listeners share this podcast with someone they know, tell them about it, maybe someone in the industry, someone you work with, someone who you think might find value in it. A leader. Um, Yeah. pass, Pass it along and spread the word and we'll be so appreciative of it and we will see you soon next time from Gilbert Arizona on Government Gone Digital. 